What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder here from Silver and Black Pride to bring you another edition of the Holder's Handful podcast. Now, the Friday show is usually when I give you guys the news stories of the week, as well as the injury report and the preview of the game. But obviously, with no game this week, there's no game to preview. And of course, that also means there's no injury updates. And the only real news of the week were all the roster transactions. So I'm going to change things up a little bit today. Today, I'm just going to go position group by position group over the Raiders roster and let you guys know what my thoughts are on each position group, as well as go over all the cuts and all the additions that happened that way. With that, let's get to it. We'll start things off by talking about the most important position group, the quarterbacks. And to be honest, there wasn't a whole lot of news coming out of the Raiders quarterback room this week. All three of them made the team. I thought the Raiders might cut Nathan Peterman and try and stash him on the practice squad to take advantage of the COVID roster rules, but obviously that didn't happen as John Gruden loves to keep his three quarterbacks around. And that leaves us with Derek Carr, who's going to be going into his eighth year, and I think this is going to be a pretty pivotal year for Derek Carr. A lot of the success of the team is going to ride on his shoulders, and of course the organization is going to have a decision to make at the end of the year whether or not it wants to extend him or what it wants to do with that contract, because I believe they have an out. So I'm expecting big things from Derek. As for Marcus Mariota... Of course, we keep hearing about these special packages, haven't seen them just yet, but hopefully we get to see some of that action on Monday Night Football, and that gives us Nathan Peterman, who I think we've met our Nathan Peterman quota for the year. Unfortunately, as the Nathan Peterman stand, as the president of the Nathan Peterman stand club, I don't think we'll see him anymore, and in an ideal world, we probably won't. If we see Nathan Peterman playing the regular season, that's probably bad news, but at least we got those three preseason games to take advantage and uh, soak it all in. Moving on to the running backs, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I don't really understand what the Raiders are doing at the running back position. And to be honest with you, that's kind of been the entire offseason. I mean, obviously you have Josh Jacobs, who's going to be your main back and kind of your bell cow there. Then you have Kenan Drake, who's going to be more of the receiving back. And Gruden's even talked about him playing some wide receiver this year. And then at that third running back spot, cut Trey Ragus and then had Jalen Rashard make the team and then put Rashard on IR and then ended up signing Peyton Barber today while it also came out that the Raiders put in a claim for Royce Freeman from the Broncos. So that tells me that the coaching staff doesn't exactly think Trey Ragus is ready to play. Personally, I thought he did enough to make the team, but then again, my opinion is not the one that matters. And I know some people have pointed to blocking as maybe the reason why the team decided to go with Barber over Ragus. But I can tell you right now, last year he passed blocked 11 times, gave up two pressures. The year before that, 45 and 5. And the year before that, 68 and 9. And for what it's worth, he's never had a PFF pass blocking braid that's above average. So, I don't know. I don't quite get it. But hey, we'll see what happens. Hopefully Peyton Barber can mix in and uh, contribute to this team and force the Raiders to make a tough decision when Rashard does get back and is healthy. It's also worth noting that B.J. Emmons is also on the practice squad, so the Raiders are, have, are carrying six running backs right now if you count all the guys that are injured and practice squad, and seven if you're going to count Alec Engold, who's the one fullback on the roster. At wide receiver, the most notable cut had to be John Brown, who actually ended up asking for his release, which tells me he saw the writing on the wall that everyone else saw on Sunday when he was getting a ton of reps and not doing a whole lot with it. Obviously, he was brought in to be a contributor to this team, take some of the pressure off Henry Ruggs, be that second deep threat, but that's not going to happen, and to be honest with you, he didn't quite look the same, and I'm not exactly surprised to see him get cut. As for the other guys that were on the bubble, Keelan Doss ended up getting cut, and he's not on the Raiders practice squad. Not sure if he ended up signing anywhere else, but like I, like I had hinted at last week, I think his time with the Raiders is uh, long gone at this point. DJ Turner and Dylan Stoner are both on the Raiders practice squad. I think there'll be guys that we could see later on down the road get called up, especially in a special teams role. 
Right now, I don't know what the Raiders kick return situation is going to be like. I think the only guy that can really do it is Hunter Renfro with Richard out. So it wouldn't be surprised if we get to see P.J. Turner soon. Dylan Stoner also returned kicks, but I thought Turner was a little bit better than him. As for the rest of the group, it is a rather unproven bunch outside of Hunter Renfro and Willie Sneed, who Willie Sneed's kind of on the uh, back end of his career, but apparently had a great camp and is ready to contribute for the Raiders. Other than that, obviously this is going to be a big year for Henry Ruggs. He was the number one wide receiver off the board last year. Had a disappointing rookie season, but I think he'll be able to bounce back, and I think he'll be able to have a lot more chemistry with Derek Carr having an actual normal offseason where, you know, they could go through everything with the OTAs that they missed out on last year. And kind of the same goes with Brian Edwards. Obviously, his biggest problem last year was more just injuries and being able to stay on the field. So as long as he's healthy, I really think he can contribute on this team. And then there's Zay Jones, who, man, just finds a way to stick around on the roster. And I got to give Zay a lot of credit. He's a guy that I've given some hate on in the past, but he played well in the, the limited preseason snaps he's got. And I mean, the coaching staff's been raving about him. So we'll see what happens. I think they are only keeping five receivers this year on the active roster. So that's a little bit interesting. Normally they keep around six, but I think they have a pretty good group top to bottom. A lot of solid players, a lot of good guys who have some potential. So I think this is going to be a really fun position group to watch throughout the season. Moving on to offensive line, and guys, I got to tell you, I think John Gruden has listened to my podcast because both Patrick Omame and Jared Jones-Smith got cut while Devery Hamilton got placed on the practice squad, leaving the Raiders with three offensive tackles in Colton Miller, Alex Leatherwood, and Brandon Parker. Now again, I do think Denzel Good will slide out in a pinch, but it is a little bit of a risk to roll with three offensive tackles. Obviously, Alex Leatherwood is a bit of an unproven commodity as a rookie. Brandon Parker has had his struggles in the past. Granted, he looked pretty good in this preseason. I think he's gotten a lot better. And then you have Colton Miller, who's your bookend. And I honestly think Colton Miller could end up being the Raiders' best offensive lineman this year. On the interior of the offensive line, Jimmy Morrissey and Lester Cotton both got cut, but both guys returned on the practice squad. And the Raiders did sign Jermaine Illuminar, who will hold down one of the backup guard spots and has spent last season with the Patriots. He's been a decent player in the past, so I thought that was a pretty good pickup for the Raiders to add some depth to the, uh, that offensive line. And the other two backup offensive linemen are going to be Nick Martin and then John Simpson. And I think this could be a big, big year for Simpson. You know, obviously he's going to be playing behind a guy like Richie Incognito, who has a long history of being one of the top guards in this league. But Richie Incognito is also 38 years old, was injured last year, and I believe he's in, still injured right now. He might be coming back for the home opener. I'm not 100% sure on that. But either way, we know Richie Incognito is older and has an injury history. So I think at some point we're going to have to see John Simpson in there, and that's going to be a big year for him as he can potentially be a starter moving forward for them. Now speaking of the starters, a whole lot of chalk, not nothing much that you haven't expected. Andre James is going to be the center to start the year. I imagine he'll be on somewhat of a short leash. Gruden seems hell-bent on acquiring veterans and uh, making sure the Raiders make the playoffs with some of his off-season moves. So I think if uh, Andre James is going to be struggling out of the gate, we might see Nick Martin in there pretty quickly. And then, of course, you're going to have Denzel Good on the other side that's going to round out that position group. We'll wrap things up on the offensive side of the ball with the tight end position. Obviously, there you have Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, who are going to be your two mainstays. But probably the most surprising thing coming with the Raiders' tight ends this week was the decision to cut Derek Carrier, then re-sign him, and Nick Bowers ended up making the team. 
I didn't think Nick Bauer was going to make the team, but he had a great preseason, and I do think he brings something to the table as a blocking tight end. Again, I just was a little bit surprised. I thought Derek, I thought Gruden would roll with three tight ends this game this year and keep one of the guys on the practice squad, one of the guys being Matt Bushman or Nick Bowers. And Bushman ended up making the practice squad again, so the Raiders have five tight ends right now. And I think you're going to see a lot of two and three tight end sets for the Raiders this year. I think Carrier will probably be the guy to start the year. And then Bowers can maybe take over or maybe even Bushman, depending on how the season goes. Carrier will start the season probably as that third tight end. I think he's still ahead of Bowers at this moment. But... Again, I think Bowers will have a great opportunity given the Raiders' offensive philosophy to hopefully make a name for himself and maybe prove valuable to the Raiders or maybe even prove valuable as a trade piece down the road or potentially replace Foster Moreau when Moreau's contract comes up. We'll start things out on the defensive side of the ball talking about the defensive ends. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'm probably going to gloss over this position group a little bit. Not a whole lot of news going on. The biggest thing was Jerry Green got cut, but he's backed on the practice squad. And they're going to roll with five defensive end, which I kind of prefaced for you last week. Those five are going to be Yannick Ngakwe, Max Crosby, Cleveland Farrell, Carl Nassif, and Malcolm Kuntz. I think the two most important guys are probably going to be two of the more important guys on the defense overall. That's two starters, Crosby and Ngakwe. I think this is going to be a huge year for Farrell. Obviously, there's that big decision that the Raiders will have to make about his fifth-year option. I, as things stand right now, I don't think he's going to get that picked up. But, of course, we'll see what happens, and a big year can change all that. Then there's Carl Nassib, who's going to fill that fourth defensive end spot and hopefully can be able to contribute in some pass rush situations. Kind of the same goes for Malcolm Kuntz. I think he might be able to play on some third downs and help get after the quarterback a little bit, but I have a feeling this is kind of be a little bit of a redshirt season as he kind of gets used to the NFL. Defensive tackle was another position group for the Raiders where there wasn't a whole lot of surprises this week. Kendall Vickers was the only guy that got cut of note, and he's back on the practice squad. They did roll, end up rolling with five defensive tackles, just like at the defensive ends. Jonathan Hankins is obviously going to be the starting nose. Going to be a battle between Quentin Jefferson and I think Gerald McCoy for that starting three-tech spot. Then Solomon Thomas is going to be behind those two. I thought Thomas might have been on the chopping block. Turns out I was way wrong. He was comfortably safe. And then, of course, Darius Fallon is going to round out the position group for the Raiders, who will be that fifth defensive tackle for him. Little interesting that the Raiders are keeping 10 defensive linemen and only nine offensive linemen, but hey, it's a position group where the Raiders could use a lot of depth and they've used quite a few players in the, la- in the past few years there, so should pay dividends for them. All right, linebackers, here we go. We got Javen White and then Nick Morrow got, both got placed on IR this week. That means both of them are going to be out at least three weeks. I would expect Morrow to be out a little bit longer than White just because his injury seemed a little bit more serious. Though I was a little surprised that White got put on IR. I don't know if he's going to need that whole time or they were just trying to make roster space or what. But nonetheless, he's going to be out for the first three weeks. And then probably the biggest news of the week was the signing of KJ Wright, who I think is going to step in and probably can be the Raiders' best linebacker like immediately. And he hasn't even taken a snap. He, I think, is going to bring a nice veteran presence. Obviously, he knows Gus Bradley, having played for him back in Seattle. And I think he'll come in and be a day one starter for him right away. Then you have Nick Wachowski, a guy that's been injured, a guy I talked about last week as being a potential cut, cut candidate. I didn't expect the Raiders to put so many guys on IR, so obviously he's sticking around. And the fact that he wasn't on IR is a good sign that he'll be able to return and be able to play on Monday night. Corey Littleton going to be looking for a bounce back year after having a, after struggling in coverage last year. I think he can be the Raiders' coverage linebacker of the future. Hopefully, hopefully he can figure that out because that's been a spot for the Raiders that has been a weak spot for a long time coming. 
Denzel Perryman, I'll be honest, the signing of KJ Wright makes the Perryman trade a little bit more head-scratching. Unless Kwiatkowski isn't ready to go, Perryman's going to kind of be a backup player to at least start the year. Who knows, maybe he'll end up taking over. Divine Diablo, he obviously was banged up a lot during training camp, and he looked pretty bad against the 49ers. But it is a new position for him. I'm hopeful that he'll be able to grow, but I think his... his uh, Future with the Raiders is in the future and not necessarily in the present. I wouldn't be I would be shocked to see him playing in a lot of significant minutes for the Raiders this year. And if he is, that probably means there's a lot of injuries going on. Again, learning a new position and whatnot, coming from the transition from college to the NFL, that's a lot to take on as a rookie. So I don't know how much we'll see that guy uh, when the regular season starts. And as for Tanner Muse, you know. I keep talking about how how much growth he's gone through the last few years, but I do think the signing of Wright kind of means the Raiders aren't really sold on what Muse is bringing to the table, and that's understandable. Again, learning a new position. This is basically his first year of live action. You know, he was obviously on the team last year, but missed all the the whole season with an injury. So. I think the future is bright for Muse. Like Diablo, he has a future on the team. It's just unfortunately not going to be right now. Um, And then as far as the practice squad goes and any cuts, Max Richardson's on the practice squad, but I'll be honest, I'm not quite sure what he's doing on there. The Raiders have seven linebackers on the active roster if you count the guys that are on IR. So I think it's going to be a a long road to the 53-man roster for Max Richardson, and I think he probably has a better chance getting picked up by somebody else than he does playing for the Raiders. Moving on to safety, and I think probably the news that had Raider fans most upset this week was the decision to end up cutting Carl Joseph. Now look, I'm a Carl Joseph fan too. I was hoping it would have worked out. I thought he had a chance to compete for a starting spot, but it's tough to compete when you're injured and you have a long injury history. And then we're starting to talk about a backup role for you. And again, if you're injured a lot, we can't rely on you to be available and be ready when we need a backup. So I think that's ultimately what ended up leading to his release. I mean, if we go back and look at John Gruden's history, we know he has, doesn't have a lot of patience for injuries. So I really think that played a huge factor in it. It's unfortunate. He ended up signing with the uh, Steelers practice squad. Wishing the best of luck. You know, once a Raider, always a Raider. But yeah, it just wasn't meant to be over in Raider land for Carl Joseph this year. As for the other guys on the roster, I think the biggest surprise that a lot of people didn't see coming, including myself, was Roderick Teamer ended up making the team. And then Dallin Levitt got cut and then got re-signed, just like how Derek Carrier did. So the Raiders are going to end up rolling with uh, five safeties with Trayvon Merrick, Jonathan Neighbor, and Tyreek Gillespie. I think Merrick will be, honestly, the best player at the group. I think he probably right now is the best player, even though he is a rookie. Abram, this is going to be a huge year for him. You know, he's going to be, it's going to be year three. I know a lot of people like to use the excuse of last year of it being his rookie season. And I get that, but guess what? We need to see a lot of improvement this year from him then. Tyree Gillespie, I think he has a great opportunity to contribute as a rookie, especially as uh, for being a fifth rounder. I think he can play a little bit of both spots, and I think the Raiders are going to run quite a bit of dime and nickel this year, which means he should have extra opportunities. And then there's Levitt, who's going to be the special teams guy. Again, I've talked about it before. I don't know how much value he brings to the defense, but hey, he sticks around and he apparently has a, he's apparently one of Gruden's guys, so... As for Teamer, I think he'll be somewhat similar to Gillespie. He can play both spots, both the free and the strong safety, and I think he'll mix in a little bit. And I know uh, he's one of Gus Bradley's guys, haven't played for him in the past, and Gruden seems to love his feistiness and whatnot. I think Vic Tafer even tweeted out, you know, everyone slept on the guy that was starting all those fights and down in L.A. So I know Gruden loves that feistiness and that fire from his players, so I think that's a big part of why he made the team. 
And I think this will end up being a, a strong group for the Raiders, one, th- one position group that I thought or I was a little worried about heading into the season. And, you know, I do like the guys that they uh, ended up keeping around. So be a fun position group to watch. All right, we'll end things talking about the cornerbacks. And the biggest thing I have to say is the youth movement is taking over in the Raiders' defensive backfield. Obviously, you have Casey Hayward, who's been around for a while. But after that is Trayvon Mullen, who's going to be in year three. Damon Arnett, who's in year two. Amick Robertson in year two. And then Nate Hobbs is obviously a rookie. Those are the guys that are on the roster right now. Nevin Lawson is, of course, suspended for the first two games of the year. And I honestly think the Raiders are going to take these first two games of the season to kind of see where Nate Hobbs is at and then kind of make a decision on Lawson. I would, I think if everything goes to plan, Lawson doesn't play another snap. But if Nate Hobbs ends up struggling, if you know he doesn't show what he did in the preseason, then they at least have that insurance policy in Lawson if that does come to be. But hopefully, hopefully, Lawson won't be around for week three and beyond. But we'll see what happens over there. As far as the practice squad guys go, the Raiders signed Jordan Brown, Robert Jackson, and Madre Harper. Madre Harper was obviously on the Raiders practice squad last year until the New York Giants plucked him off of it. And he ended up playing in a few regular season games for the Giants last year. I'll be honest, I didn't catch too many Giants games last year. I try to avoid the NFC East as much as possible with how bad that division was. But I think Madre Harper played pretty well for the G-Men up there. So I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. I think maybe he can get called up. Obviously, it's a young, unproven group for the Raiders. So there could be a lot of movement that we have going on, especially early on in the season. So every guy that's on the roster and every guy that's on the practice squad is a great opportunity. And I'm excited to see what this position group brings to the table. I've wanted them to go younger at the cornerback position for a while now. So I'm happy to finally be able to see that come to fruition. And I'm pretty excited to see what these guys bring to the table. I think Amick's going to be a great fourth corner for him. Hobbs obviously looked great in the preseason. Then you have Casey Hayward, who's kind of been, who was down last year, but has been one of the, probably a top 10 corner throughout the majority of his career. Trayvon Mullen would like to see him take that next step and become an elite corner this year and become the Raiders uh, cornerback one of the future. That's going to be, I think, the biggest thing he's facing. And then as for Damon Arnett, you know, it's all about bouncing back from last year. I don't think he's in uh, good graces of the coaching staff right now. Obviously, that's uh, not ideal to have your first round pick from last year start as a rookie and then, you know, take a back seat to Casey Hayward in year two. But all is not lost, and hopefully you can take a few things from Hayward this season and eventually turn into a starting corner for the Raiders. All right, that'll do it for today. Please make sure you're subscribing to the podcast and download every episode on whatever platform you have. And please give us a rating on whatever platforms as well. That would help us out a lot, and we'd greatly appreciate it. And of course, make sure you're following Silver and Black Pride if you haven't already. And follow myself at mholder95 on Twitter. Other than that, until next week.